Hey, this is Mike and Tom with the Muscle and Speed Podcast. We're here to talk about our favorite car movies, TV shows, music, and workouts, wheeling, whatever else comes to our mind. We're going to be posting these up once a week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at Muscle and Speed. We also have a website, www.muscleandspeed.com, where we'll eventually be selling some merch. Our goal here is to share our passion for all these things with the people who feel the same way. Oh yeah, let's get started. <laughs> Another week, man. We're back. So it's football season. Yeah, it is. Let's just dive into it. So the Lions sucked last night. <laughs> Still. Still, yeah. They they were 9-7 and seven the past two seasons. They made the playoffs one year, missed it the next, all right? So they fired Jim Caldwell because they want playoff wins, and they hired Matt Patricia. I don't know what to say about what happened. <laughs> it was not pretty. They sucked at everything. No. They had a pick six on the first play of the game. They go up 7 nothing, And really, into the second quarter, everything seemed okay. I mean, the offense wasn't doing well, but they weren't like, even at halftime, what was it, 20 to 10? You're kind of like, ah, eh, and the Lions get yeah. the ball to start the half. It's going to, you know, let's see what happens. Because last year they were kind of a second half team, it seemed like. They'd start slow and then finish strong. Yeah. But they started slow. <laughs> and, and I turned it off after he threw his fourth pick. Yep. Third quarter, I was done. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> they have they have at least they have similar levels of talent. So why did they get why why would you have a game like that? I guess that's what I don't get. And I guess the rest of the team kind of played like the rest of the team. It was Matt Stafford who played like dog shit. I mean, he misread yeah. defenses. He forced throws. He generally doesn't. I mean, this is a guy who's kind of considered, like, in the top ten in the league as a quarterback. Like, way up there. Right. There's some people who have him as high as top five. Yeah, I don't know. The defense knew what was going to happen, it seemed. But, you know, and I, I agree, and they even said that. You know, um, it did seem like they were kind of in their head. Yeah. <laughs> but... The quarterback's still making a decision. He's supposed to read and see and throw, and that wasn't happening. No, not at all. So, I don't know. <laughs> How do you fix that? Maybe it wasn't. And that's what some people are saying is, like, maybe it's nothing you fix. He had a, the shittiest game of his career, and next week he'll be back to normal, and they'll be back to normal. I said before the game, though, because uh, – one of the guys I work with, you've met him, Richard. Yeah. Rich is a big Steelers fan. He said he thought that the Lions are going to be the Lions. They're going to go 8-8 eight eight or 9-7. and seven. And I said, that's unlikely. If they lose this game, I predict 4-12. and 12. But I was looking at their schedule, and if you can't beat the Jets, they're in trouble. You can't beat the Vikings for sure. No. You Probably can't beat the Packers, but a lot of that will have to do with Aaron Rodgers' knee is... If he's playing. Yeah, because, you know, I know everyone was super excited about that win, and that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in football, but his knee is jacked up. I mean, they're, they have already they have said that they don't, they're not confirming that he's playing next week. Oh, really? Yeah. If that's an ACL, you can take a shot and hobble on it for a game, but you're not going to do that through the season. Um, so, you know... We'll have to see what that is, but with Aaron Rodgers, there's no question. I mean, that Detroit can't play with them the way they looked. Um, but also, I don't think they could beat the Bears the way they played. So if you can't split like you usually do, they went 5-1 and one in the division last year and finished 9-7. and seven. So if you can't do that this year, I mean, they have the Patriots, they've got the 
Seahawks, they've got the Rams, they've got the Cardinals, they've got San Francisco in San You're not going to beat those teams. <laughs> That's why I said I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Hell, this could be another 0-16. <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a good season for the first play. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go there with it. I, I, I do think that they're going to come back and play better. They're not going to play like that every week. Keep telling me that. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, Ansa, their $17 million defensive end. Yeah. that <laughs> He goes out with a shoulder injury that nobody saw, and it was kind of just reported on as a throw-in later. I mean, I did notice that, that what's his name, Darnold? The, the, the Jets quarterback. quarterback? Youngest yeah. starting 20, quarterback. one year old Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Sam Darnold. Let's call him John Elway because that's what the <laughs> that's what the Lions made him look like. Um, when Ezekiel was in there, what I will say for him is Ansa sacked him a couple like once, sacked him once, hurried him several times, and when he went out, there was a noticeable drop in the pass rush. Yeah. Um. And so I guess then it comes back to how much of this do you hang on Matt Patricia? Some people are saying that team looked really unprepared. Is that the case? Yikes. I know that he's way different than Jim Caldwell, and they were kind of talking about the psychology of playing in the NFL. And some players just they have a hard time adjusting from one coach to another just in style. And Jim Caldwell, was a, he puts his arm around you, says, hey, big guy, come on. And Patricia is more of a, hey, you son of a bitch, get off your ass. You know? <laughs> so there's an extreme difference in coaching style. Um, but that honestly, I don't know. It, that shouldn't have mattered. It wasn't like they played them tough and lost one to a team they should easily beat. It was a team they were supposed to easily beat slaughtered them on national TV. Yep. Like a like they didn't belong to there, they made it look like they didn't belong there. They didn't belong in the NFL. Where do they go from here, man? It's not good. <laughs> What's your take on the whole thing? <sighs> Rogers looked good. Stafford didn't. Team's gonna go with your quarterback. Yeah. You know, and I've been one of those people that makes excuses for Matt Stafford. And, and I shouldn't even say that because he doesn't need them. Yeah, they haven't done well as a team over the course of his career, but I would largely say that's not because of him. If you throw for four to 5,000 yards a year yeah. and you throw for 25 to 35 touchdowns a year, the quarterback's doing his part. <laughs> um, and maybe it is a Jim Bob Cooter thing. As much as we've liked him, in some ways, in certain instances, Matt has has done way better under him. Why haven't they developed a running game in 10, 20 years? <laughs> like, what what's going on? You went and signed LeGarrette Blount, who's right. well, got... Patricia said he's going to establish a run game, but it was not happening. It wasn't. And part of, and obviously that's the line. You have TJ Lang, who's... Uh, what, did he even play? I, I don't yeah, know if he's... Playing. He was playing. Yeah. Um that Wagner or Wagner or whatever, right, right tackle. Terrible, utterly terrible. And that was the one thing too, is Matt is the most sacked quarterback in football and has been for years. He was getting lit up from the very first drive. They could not block anybody. And that Taylor Decker, who's our left tackle, he was getting destroyed. Just flat out. The, his guy was blowing past him like he wasn't even there on many plays. Pushing him back into Stafford. Yeah, or just running right by him. Yeah. He'd make a move and just run around him. And you, <laughs> That's the second most important position on the entire football team. If quarterback's the most important, mm-hmm. that was the second most important. Yeah, I don't get it. Um It just it hurts as a Lions fan because then you watch Green Bay. Because that is, I mean, that's that's you're watching a guy take a mediocre team and elevate them to elite just because he's that 
good. He didn't have two legs to stand on. He was bouncing around on one leg and slinging that ball with laser accuracy. (laughs) And you can't tell me, I mean, uh, do you really think Randall Cobb is more talented than Golden Tate? No. Marvin Jones is as good as anybody they got. That Kenny Galladay is six. Galladay's amazing. He's amazing. They've got the best uh, receiving running back in football. So, I mean, this is what he has. (laughs) What the hell was going on? (laughs) It's the Lions. It is. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you knew the defense wasn't going to be good because they weren't good last year. Nothing really changed, and they were coming back. You can call that what you want, but, you know, Patricia can only do so much with a shitty team. So it wasn't like I expected him to come in and they were going to run with the Vikings on defense. It's not going to happen. But you just got to – yeah, we've got a little visitor that's dying to get in. She's getting tired, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what else. <laughs> I, I just, I guess I expect it to not be that way. Like, they're not going to play that way again next week. I, I, well, yeah. I, I can't believe oh. that. I can't believe that. I can't believe that could happen, but if it does, uh, I don't know, man. How many how many years have we been watching together? Forget our lives. How many years we've been watching together? Twenty. Twenty. I I might be done. I'm dead serious. Yeah. I twenty's good. It's a good number to hang in there. <laughs> we did our time. I think I did. I don't know what other team I'll I'll root for. Maybe the Steelers. I kind of liked them. Um. I don't know. Maybe the Cowboys, just because everybody loves to hate that team, and I don't see anything worse about them than anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's easy to pick the Patriots just because they win a lot, and as a Lions fan, you don't see that enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I gravitate to. Um, you know, the Rams are really good looking this year. Uh, the Raiders are pretty cool to have John Gruden back. Chucky, did they win last night? Uh, they played the Rams. Oh, that guy didn't hear. They lost 33-13 to 13 or something like oh, that. Okay. <laughs> the Rams are as good as everyone kind of thought it was. Yeah. That Donaldson with Sue, that's – how how can well, you – Sue's on the line now. Yeah. Oh. How, how can you do that? I mean, it, here's the thing. Yeah, Sue didn't make quite the impact in Miami that he did and – they probably didn't make enough of the fact that the Lions, when Sue was there, he wasn't the only person in that D-line that was really good. Yep. There was a rotation of players that were coming and going on that team while he was there that made him look even better because you couldn't really double-team him all the time because, um, and I'm forgetting his name, but we called him Big Baby. That was his nickname. Rogers. Um, no, that was before. Oh, that younger guy. Younger guy. Yeah. Oh. Uh. He was one that was way overweight, yeah, and he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't play a full game <laughs> to save his life. Right. But when, when you, was in, yeah, when you had him in and he was fine. not, when he was rested, yeah, he, yeah. he was gonna tear it up. Uh-huh. And so there's that. But now you bring a guy like Sue in, and you have Donaldson. You can't double team both of them because you have four down linemen and <laughs> five offensive linemen. You know. The dollars don't make sense. I can do that math. <laughs> you know, it just, oh, it just kills me though. You know, and and to have the, I'll say this. All right, I, I don't want to talk about the lines anymore. Screw that. They sucked. Move it on. If we get this again next week, I don't know if we'll talk about that. <laughs> Other than to say we'll they say the suck. Score. Yeah, say the score. Um. But I do want to talk a little bit more about the um, Green Bay game. Because I know I bag on Green Bay a lot because they deserve it. But <laughs> you got to give it to Rodgers. God, he that guy's good. <laughs> you know, for the Bears, Cleo Mack, he played really well, too. He did. And what an epic choke by that team. Yeah. What yeah. an epic choke. <laughs> because, and it was, it was, I'll say, honestly, it was primarily Trubisky because Aaron Rodgers is so good, there's only so much you can do to stop him or slow him down. However, 
you score one touchdown in the second half of that game, and the game's over. Mm-hmm. And Trubisky played horrible in the Let's second half. And I'll say that for that 21-year-old Sam Donaldson. Is that his name? Oh, the Jets quarterback. Yeah. But he threw a pick six on his very first throw from scrimmage in the NFL. And then he played a hell of a game after that. It was against Detroit. <laughs> but Detroit actually has one of the top-rated uh, cornerback secondary team uh, in the NFL. And so there's that. And Green Bay has a crappy defense, and everybody knows it. So for Trubisky to lay an egg in the second half, but the coach – Third and one, you're in the red zone. If you score a touchdown, the game's over. Third and one, they're on like the 16. He has Trubisky, who's not an accurate passer. I don't care what anybody says. Throw it in the end zone. When you have Trubisky who can run, that's his true calling, I think, is being that double threat. He runs and he passes. You know, I'm never that ecstatic about that as a fan because I think quarterbacks who do that are pretty limited. That, to me, speaks to the lack of arm you have. You know, when did Cam Newton and his team really elevate? When he stopped running and started throwing the ball. It's the truth. Um, those years when he was rushing for all those yards, that was years they exited the playoffs early. That's just how it is. You know, Russell Wilson, the same thing. When he was running all over the place... It didn't, you know, it just, <laughs> you can't beat throwing the ball. The, the, the game was designed to be played a certain way. And the best in the world that play it to the top level, like Aaron Rodgers and guys like that, they, they're the ones that are going to win, you know, most of the time. And Trubisky, why? <laughs> why would you do that? And... Khalil Mack didn't even play till like, middle way through the third quarter because they were saving him. You had your – not to get, you know, gangsta about it, but you had your foot on Green Bay's throat, and you took it off. Right. <laughs> you played it safe, and they came back and beat you. As Lions fans, as Bears have seen that how many times. He's done that to them a few times. Yep. Just chalked up another one. <laughs> that guy needs his own special place in the Hall of Fame. I know he hasn't won like Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Close, but he doesn't have the Super Bowl wins. But he's the best to ever do it. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, yeah he's very I know good. I say that hating Green Bay. I don't hate him. I just don't like him. And they should get rid of Clay Matthews, absolutely. He almost cost them that game. How? I didn't see that. Okay, so at the end of the game... The Bears have the ball and they're driving. And they're struggling because Trubisky is not very good. Right. <laughs> it's a fourth and nine. Trubisky throws a incomplete pass that was actually almost picked off. And that should have been game over. And with the rules they, uh, they have now, Matthews comes up behind Trubisky and clubbed him over the head from behind and drove him into the ground. Ooh. Instant. Instant 15 yards. You know, it was like they were only down by one point. They didn't need a touchdown. They just needed to get close enough for a field goal. Lucky for him, they strip-sacked um, Trubisky right after that. But that could have gone very differently, and he would have been the scapegoat. And and that's the thing. Throughout the game, you didn't hear his name called once until he did something horrible. That, to me, tells you all you need to know about where he's at. And a lot of people are saying that, that he's lost a step or he's not as good as he was. I think he gets shipped down the road after this season. I, I don't see him staying in Green Bay. I don't think they put up with it. I don't know. All right, one more bit of football news. Le'Veon Bell. Where's he going to go, man? He still hasn't reported to Pittsburgh. They played without him. Who has money left? I don't know. The Jets. Maybe the Jets. That'd be interesting. Um. Well, and Pittsburgh kind of played fine. His backup, Connell, ran well. Because, you know, a lot of that, Pittsburgh must have a good running game and a good offensive line to do that. It's not all Le'Veon Bell, although he is a very talented player. Um, but, yeah, he's a man without a team right now. Well, basically, he's still obviously on the Steelers, but he's kind of refusing to play for them, and I think they're kind of refusing 
have him now. I think it's kind of mutual at this point. It's weird. It's weird. You'd think you'd figure that out. And the thing of it is, for Le'Veon Bell, there's a lot of very mediocre and then also very bad teams in the NFL. I mean, if you think you're just going to get to go to the Patriots this year, <laughs> or they're going to send you to the Rams, or, yeah, I mean, it's just not going to happen. You're going to end up on the Lions or <laughs> or Cleveland. You know, they look better. They look a lot better. They're a lot more talented. You can just see they're, you know, Pittsburgh played a really bad game. Um, and so that had a lot to do with the fact that they were able to tie. <laughs> but they they are markedly better. You can see that. But They were on uh, Hard Knocks and HBO this year. Yeah. That was a good show. Yeah, so that was our first week of football. Michigan beat the hell out of Western Michigan. Whoopee. Wow. <laughs> 49 to 3. That's college football, though. That's, a, that's the part that keeps me from getting way really into college football because all of those top flight teams take those weak games for most of their – like half their season are teams that, unless it's Appalachian State, Aren't, aren't, don't have a shot, don't have a prayer. They're going to get destroyed. And a lot of people don't know that those colleges pay those teams like two to $400,000 to play. It goes into their football program. That's why, and so they'll come out and get slaughtered. But they're paying. It, that is just a screwed-up system to me. Um, I remember, uh, I think we've said this on here before, but Randy Couture once said that iron sharpens iron. If you want to be the best, you need to play against the best and beat the best. You're not going to be the best beating Appalachian State and Western Michigan, and you're not. If you're listening to this, John Harbaugh, you have to beat Ohio State. You have to beat Wisconsin. You have to beat Michigan State. You have to beat, have to beat, have to beat Notre three. Dame. You can lose every other game. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that goes for Matt Patricia. You want to be the best, you've got to beat Green Bay. You have to beat Green Bay. If you can't beat Green Bay, you know, the North, even though I, I would honestly say the Vikings are better than them this year, but um, the North goes through Green Bay. It just does. Until someone else is dominant for 20 years. <laughs> 25 years, whatever it's been. You know, um, yeah. The Vikings may change that this year, though. I mean, they won the North last year. Though Detroit beat Green Bay out for position, they finished second by a game. That's part of the reason they have the schedule they do. <laughs> yeah. Someone said that. It's like somewhere Jim Caldwell smiling. He probably isn't. He's way too nice a guy to revel in it, I think, but. Yeah. I don't know. So, I turned off the football game and turned on Street Outlaws. Because I thought, this is more productive. Way more better. <laughs> so, guess what they did? They did another streetcar shootout. And you'll like this. Well, kind of. In the end, I was disappointed too. But, um,. Mainly because I hate the LS everything movement. I think that's stupid. It takes the uniqueness out of cars. It basically uh, it makes everything very generic. And engine builders and engine masters and all these guys will tell you they don't make more power than any other. It's stroke, compression, duration, displacement. That's what makes power. I don't care who makes the engine. <laughs> so LSing everything, it's stupid. It's only good because... You know, Chevy put that in every vehicle they made for a while. That's why. Yeah. Not so much anymore, parts. but yeah, it's just out there. Yep. I get that part of it. But at any rate, so they have their streetcar shootout. Half of the cars that showed up were Mustangs. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple Camaros, a couple Corvettes, a couple trucks, one diesel, and the diesel made it like two rounds in. They had 30 guys show up. So basically what they did, because last time they did a streetcar shootout, I think it was for five or ten grand, and it was just the guys on the 
that show. This time they opened it up to like their crews. Anybody wanted to show up with a vehicle and try it out. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was like 70% Mustangs. <laughs> and like 30% a mix of other things. Camaros, Corvettes, and a couple Challengers, Hellcats. Um, one of them had a Hellcat uh, Cherokee. The Trailhawk or whatever it's called. Or oh, tra- really? Trackhawk. Yeah. So, and that actually did pretty well. Um, and then one of them is uh, one of the guys in the show, the farm uh, farm truck and agent. Asian has a Jeep Cherokee SRT8, so it has the 392 from my car, but it's all built and turbocharged, makes like a thousand horsepower, something like that, 1200 horsepower. Um, and it's all wheel drive, so he launches it in all wheel drive, which is pretty cool. He won it last time, and not this time. Um, ended up with like the last final four or five cars were all Mustangs, which was kind of cool. Um, unfortunately the Mustang that won was LS. It was a Fox body and he blew it up to do it. He had a cheater nitro system. And the only reason I'm saying cheater is because that's what they're generally called. Um, it was kind of a, as long their rules were, um, no major modifications to the chassis. So it's a stock uh, bodied car with a full interior. I mean, they could do suspension work, but the chassis itself had to be pretty stock and um, no crazy race modifications, no race gas. It had to be pump gas. So they brought all these cars down there. And Daddy Dave has a deal with Ford or a Ford dealership. And so he ran his 2018 Mustang that he's got that they sell with a Pro Charger. Daddy Dave and Pro Charger have teamed up to sell racy Mustangs, kind of like Lebanon Ford. So he ran that, and he made it to second to last round. So he made it really far with his Mustang. Um, I want to say one of them had a, a 2014 GT500 with a converted to automatic. And that one went really far. I think that he was in the – he might have been in the final. Um, it was just cool. That is. <laughs> cool to see the real streetcars. I know Street Outlaws is supposedly streetcars, but it isn't. (laughs) These were real streetcars. They were on DOT tires. That was the other thing. They had to be legal. Okay. You know, and and if you've seen those, they're barely legal. (laughs) The tires they run. But, in fact, they threw a guy out. He won the first round, and um, he beat a Mustang. He had a 66 Nova that he built during the week. They showed him wrenching on it to make it for the show. And, uh... He got there, and he wasn't there for tech because he was literally finishing his car that day. And so he got there, and they let him run the first round, and he won. But then they had a discussion. They were like, no, this is a race car. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was a race car. Wow. He had all the racy stuff. <laughs> his tire was DOT legal, but that was about the only thing. <laughs> his front tires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was cool. Um I stayed up way too late watching that, but um, I like that kind of stuff, and that's the that's the kind of racing that I really really enjoy is watching cars that you can literally take on a trip somewhere, but also drag race. Um, and Hot Rod Drag Week is going on right now, so that's kind of what they do there, except they're more like the Street Outlaws cars. Um, they're not allowed to have a follow vehicle; they can only have parts that they can carry around. So a lot of them have little trailers that they pull with their race cars and they drive them over a thousand miles and race them like five or six times at drag strips. They have to drive like 250 miles a day or something like that with these cars. (laughs) It's insane. And then they'll lay, they'll lay down like eight second, seven, you know, eight second passes. I mean, they're fast. (laughs) It's really cool. They started doing that a couple years ago. Um, Jeff Lutz won it one year. Um, and he's on Street Outlaws now. He's yeah. got that orange Chevy. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. That is. So you can see that there. Uh, unfortunately, even though they have Motor Trend on demand, they generally don't run, like, anything through that for Drag Week. And I know that would be tough, but it'd also be really smart if they could figure that out. Like, a day delay, run a you know, run Drag Week shows. Even if it's loosely put together just do it but what they do is they show it on social media 
So they have cameras set up and they just run it on social media because it's like seven, eight hours of racing or whatever, you know. But I don't know. It's pretty cool. No. If you get a chance, <laughs> it's on Facebook. <laughs> um, man, what else? The gym. The gym. The gym. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything to say about the gym. Other than we, it kind of came and went. Yeah. We did it. We did it. The workouts were good. Doing it again tomorrow. Yeah, we're doing it again tomorrow. We're not hurt, so that's something. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. We uh, we were talking about the Rogan podcast with Elon Musk. <laughs> it is funny because he talks about a lot of important things about AI and understanding what technology is doing even right now that you just don't think about it in the way that on the way that it is like he said ai he goes it's the reason that he's concerned is because it has too much control over systems already like it already has too much access right your phone has ai it has access to your entire life and it does share information with other things we know that um yeah. <laughs> and he said, you don't, you don't think of it this way, but the fusion between men and machines is already occurring. Like your phone, even though your input and out, he goes, the only thing that you're misconstruing is input and output. He goes, the AI is working perfectly as an output. That's, or as a, uh, as a device, computing device, it's memory is perfect and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. And it collects everything. You don't think about it in the terms of cybernetics because it's not attached to you like it would be in a sci-fi movie. He goes, but that's just that's just the way you use it. It's still the same thing. Wow. <laughs> it's weird. It's kind of creepy when you think about it that way. And he said he has kind of a fatalistic view about it because he said the way world governments, the U.S. government is built is... By the time something occurs with AI, like an AI flown attack plane, it'll outfly any human pilot mm-hmm. and kills a bunch of people or name some other scenario. But by the time that happens and the government moves to regulate AI and put protections in place, it's too late. <laughs> when we're not talking about Skynet. We're talking about people. Say Sarah Khan has warned us about this. <laughs> We're talking more about um, people utilizing AI to attack people, um, whether that's shutting down grids or, you know, whatever type of warfare they might get involved in. Drones being one of the big ones, well, right? I mean, that's what you're seeing more of. The SR-72 is coming, and that's a drone-piloted Mach 10 or whatever it is, well, jet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um he brought Rogan one of his uh, it's not a flamethrower flamethrower. <laughs> Let him have it. <laughs> Rogan was pretty impressed. He's like, why did you build this? He goes, I don't know. It's from his company, The Boring Company. Okay. He makes just whatever with that company. He built flamethrowers. He made 20,000 of them and they sold out within like three hours. 800 bucks a piece. He goes, what, what kind of fuel do they use? Uh, it, he, this is what he said. He goes, he goes, I'll let you know. He goes, Joe, it's really, he goes, it's not a flame. It shoots out like a f- three foot flame, like a, a big flame though. Yeah. He said, I'll tell you, he goes, it's what roofers use. <laughs> oh, he goes, I just put it, put it in a neater package. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Um, and Rogan's like, aren't you worried about liability and this and that? And he's like, eh. he goes, it probably wasn't the smartest thing we could have built, but he goes, it's really cool. <laughs> he said that he's a huge fan of space balls. Who and, isn't? Yeah. And he said when Yogurt is going through that scene where he's like doing the merchandising and they picked up the space balls flamethrower, that's where he got that idea. That's the type of person Elon Musk is was then he thought, my company should have merchandising that has a flamethrower. <laughs> That's not a flamethrower. And they make that very clear. <laughs> They're not selling you a weapon. It's just a parlor trick. Yeah. But, um, yeah. He was talking about that. And he was talking about electricity and electric cars. And 
how he wants to do an electric airplane maybe one day. He just says it's not important enough to try to develop right now. He said cars are more important. But <laughs> his new Roadster famously will do 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds, right? Oof. <laughs> well, he also has an air compressor. I forget how many PSI he said it was, but it's like it, it works like jet propulsion. You can make it go even faster. <laughs> it has air pumps on the car that will shoot the air out the back and make it go even faster. <laughs> and Rogan's like, how fast can it go? He goes, how fast do you want to go? I could make it fly if I put wings on it. <laughs> so this is the type of person he is, right? He, he's the one dreaming up this shit and then building it. So he's an interesting person to me because he's more like a crazy Bill Gates than he is a Steve Jobs type person or a Richard Branson, which were more figureheads that tell people what they want, but they don't actually have a lot to do with it other than, I don't like this, I do like that. He actually comes up with these things and then helps engineer them. That's cool. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, I, I definitely have a different opinion of him and a different picture of him since that. Um, unfortunately, you know, he had some really good things to say about AI and, and even like his idea to build tunnels. You know, it sounds uh, like when I first heard that, like, oh, he's going to build tunnels under L.A. for transportation. I was like, who the hell is going to do that? I mean, you already have a subway, so you already kind of have that. So I did look into it a little bit at the time, and he his idea is to have pods that will fit, like, smaller amounts of people that travel at incredibly high speed underground to where you want to go. But is that's part of the Boring Company. It's a pun, the name, of course. Yeah. But... They already got approved to do it, so they're already digging their tunnels under L.A. <laughs> but here's his thought. He goes, you have to think of travel. He goes, the problem with travel right now is anywhere you go, you're traveling in a 2D medium in a 3D space. So anytime you have congestion, it's because that 2D medium is full, and so you're not utilizing your 3D space. Neil deGrasse Tyson said, why don't you layer the roads and build bridges everywhere like two layers of highway everywhere you go that's obviously not feasible but he neil degrasse tyson was trying to say the same thing that you're not traveling in 3d you're traveling in 2d and both of them said if you want to fly in car helicopters already exist <laughs> they said moving air is you can do it it's just you'll your neighbors will hate you forever and so uh he's his, he said my idea is tunnels he goes, you can build tunnels up to 10,000 feet deep, no problem. He goes, how many layers? You could build 100 layers of tunnels and four wide. You could build 400 tunnels doing the same thing all the time. They're pressurized, sealed. <laughs> Not saying I would want to do it. But it makes sense when he talks about it. So, And in L.A., you know, fault lines out there. He says that they'll understand. They can withstand the way that he, their company's building the tunnels. They can they can withstand double Earth's atmospheric pressure. So he said they'll actually they would it would be safer to be underground. He goes, think of it this way: if you're in a typhoon, where's the safest place to be? In a submarine, because it's just under the weather. So that's their idea. They're going to build tunnels down far enough where the the strength of the earthquake wouldn't be nearly as strong and it can withstand quite a bit anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Sounds untested to me, man. <laughs> Who wants to be They'll the one to it do out. it? Yeah. <laughs> but he said like, if they did that and they like pumped all the air out and then used like magna rails, he said you could go like, how, as fast as you as want, as you want, right across the country. Yep. <laughs> Yikes! He has interesting ideas. It, it's just weird that he made all this money um, off the internet initially. You know, he made a company that was bought out by. It was called like Ziptie. It was bought in the mid '90s for like 25 million. He dropped out of college. He's also one of those. Like, he was born in South Africa, born and raised. Moved to Canada first to go to university and then wanted because he knew he couldn't get to the U.S. directly from South Africa the way he said it's just too hard. <laughs> so he went to Canada first, got citizenship, and then came to the U.S. 
Don't let anybody in. Hey, well. I like Canadians are so great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he made some money there, and then he was one of the founders of PayPal, and that's what got him into the billions. Cause, That'll do it. Yeah. They sold PayPal, and he got a lot of money then. But he turned around and founded SpaceX, which is his – and he, it's weird because you think it's stupid, but then you think about how smart he is and the other things he's done. He plans to be one of the people that helps us colonize another, like the moon or Mars or something. Like the next Tesla. Again, I don't want to do it, but I'm more than willing to send oh, yeah, half the go. population. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wave. Go, guys, go. <laughs> yeah, he he's one of those guys, though. It's like he he might be able to do it. I don't know. <laughs> it's he can just, do it. If anybody, I guess. He's the only one who's trying, I guess. Send him out and see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But he uh, <clears throat> he did that. He did SpaceX. Then he did Tesla. And he said he's very proud of the fact that Tesla and Ford are the only ones who didn't take bailout money from the government. He said Tesla was very close to folding at that point, too. But they made it. <laughs> So you think about those things like, yeah, they've gotten government subsidies to survive, um, but everybody but Ford has. Right. So is he any better or worse than any other? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm still not on board with electric cars, mainly because of where we live. Yeah. I just don't think they'll work up Have here. Have you ever seen one of his cars up here? No. I not I've been I've seen him in like Green Bay. Okay. Not too far south of us, but uh not up here. And part of that I think though is because of how expensive they are. I mean yeah. up until the Model Three just came out and I think that's still almost a fifty thousand dollar car. I mean you're talking about essentially an electric Ford Fusion. It's cooler than that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Size wise and other and most otherwise it's a Ford Fusion car for fifty grand. That's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, it is. Plus, we don't have the infrastructure up here. I mean, there's just a lot of things that wouldn't work here with an electric car. It makes sense in a city when you're just driving a few miles, you know, 20, 30-mile commute, or even if you have a 100-mile commute. I mean, they have a 300-mile range, and you have the infrastructure there to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't make sense here, but... Maybe someday it will. I don't know. They'd have to figure out better batteries. That's, I don't know. He had a cool video. He said though, because you know the um, Fisca Karma. Is that how you said that? Remember the other electric car? It's all chrome. Don't know. Fisker Karma was another electric car company that came out about the same time as Tesla, and they were about the same price, about a hundred grand a car. Um, it was cooler looking, I think. But the batteries weren't sealed. And so when the New Jersey flooded, a bunch of them exploded. Like, exploded and melted. (laughs) So he kind of chuckled when Joe brought that up because he was like, well, that's why our batteries are sealed. And he he brought up a video of a guy. He said, you can look it up on YouTube. And I haven't yet, but I'm going to. um, That drove his Tesla through a flooded tunnel. Yeah. Because it's electric. It doesn't matter. It can just, as long as nothing grounded out, he drove right through it. He drove around cars that were stuck in the flooded tunnel. Wow. That's insane. That is. (laughs) Now, I can tell you, I went back and I looked up reviews of the Model 3 just to see. And what everyone said was it, it is awesome, but the fit and finish is like a not up to par of most manufacturers. So a hard interior. It's got a cool interior, so there's no gauges. It's got one 15-inch touchscreen in the center that does everything. And he kind of brought this up. He's like, "Well, he goes, he goes. I'll tell you. He goes, making cars is the hardest thing I've ever done. He said, and it's way harder than I ever thought it would be. He goes, there's just so much involved. There's so yeah. many people. Lots of parts. And um, but he said uh. They've been sued like several times by people who have bought their cars. He goes, one guy sued him or sued Tesla 
because he fell asleep at the wheel. He blamed the ambient noise of the electric motors for putting him to sleep. But in that instance, his accident, the car still broke and tried to avoid the accident by itself and mitigated, like, he didn't kill a guy that was on a bicycle is what happened when he would have otherwise. <laughs> and he said another guy fell asleep, and there's video of this on YouTube. He falls asleep in traffic, and the Tesla keeps going through the intersection and just pulls off all by itself and parks. Like, it is pretty cool technology. <laughs> no, it's not ready for prime time, and a lot of it has to do because... Uh, idiots are on the road and how do you react to that right. do you want a computer making those decisions maybe for a lot of people a lot but of people. maybe not for yeah. a lot of people so <laughs> i don't know it's coming i think either way i mean it won't it won't be feasible in certain areas and it won't be feasible for certain industries i think um look at mining equipment what kind of electric generator and batteries would you need to run one of those things i mean it's, I don't think that's possible. I really don't. <laughs> Maybe it is, but... <laughs> I mean, electric engines are way more powerful than I, than I ever thought they'd be when, when the electric car was first brought up. I mean, you've seen some of the old Hondas and stuff. They were the ugliest, most pathetic-looking things. And then the Prius came out, and that didn't make it any better. That's a hideous car, too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a... Uh, one of those things, but that that is Mark Bell put it. He says he thinks that's the greatest interview of all time. I'm not ready to jump that far, but it was very good. It was very good, and it was very enlightening about a very interesting person. And Joe Rogan is so good at those things. Just digs into him. He does. It just works. I can't stop looking at your carburetor on that shelf. <laughs> Got that Holly 850 double pumper. Needs to be rebuilt. <laughs> I haven't even bought parts for it. <laughs> Mainly because I don't know how to rebuild a carburetor, sadly, folks. I'm sure I'll get shit for that. But I don't. I will figure that out. <laughs> but that's a big-ass carburetor. That's huge. <laughs> you know why I got that? I was looking at uh, um, Mondello Racing because they build Oldsmobiles. And particularly, they have some 403s that they race. And what they said was, even if you get the flow rates and everything figured out, um, like the heads, yeah. valve adjust, it, you know, do all that stuff, get the compression right, because that's the hardest thing with the 403 or the biggest pain in the ass. They like a huge carburetor. They drink gas. And so their builds are usually 750 to 850 CFM carbs wow. with their 403s. Nice. And, and keep in mind, that's for like a... 400 ish horsepower it's not like you put the you know if you put an 850 on a big block ford that's because you're making 500 something <laughs> so the 403 is still a very inefficient engine and I, they were talking about that on um hot rod because they had an engine and they were or no they were talking about building something funky and um steve dulcich said why don't we why don't we take an old 403 that they're, they're kind of cool they're like that's kind of a factory stroker and Freiburger was just like, no way. There's way too many problems with those. They're really inefficient. So, of course, that means I'm sticking with mine. <laughs> he can kiss my ass. <laughs> but, yeah. So, that's why I, I saw that for 150 bucks, And I was like, I got to have that. Even if I never put it on anything, it's just cool. <laughs> I think it has to go on something. <laughs> Maybe you should build one of those big block Fords you got set around. <laughs> That's the only thing it probably should go on. <laughs> Get a 390 FE, put a 428 crank in it. Isn't that what everybody Windsor. does? Yeah. Stroker, Stroker Windsor? Yes. People don't get as excited about the big carbs anymore, though, because everybody runs that Fitech or Holly Sniper EFI. Yeah. Everybody went. They're like, why wouldn't you, though? I mean,. The reliability Precisely. and and easeability, and now they're like uh, the entire kits are like a grand. I mean, that carburetor brand new is pretty pricey, and so that's the thing. Wouldn't you just put EFI on it so you can regulate your fuel rates and it's way more efficient? Yeah. Sadly, sadly, 
when it used to be just put a big old carb on there and some nitrous. <laughs> now everyone says fuel inject it and put a turbo there. <laughs> the turbo. Hell yeah, man. What else is going on? What do you got going on? You went to the logging congress. We did. You were a complete gentleman. I was. <laughs> and you came back. <laughs> we made it home. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Saw some friends. Nice. Drank some beer. Nice. Oshkosh, Wisconsin, eh? Yep. You know where I thought it was? Where? I thought it was in Marquette. I wish. Guess who corrected me? Who? Jesse Bear. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes, what? You know her, I'm going to do the Jocelyn voice. What? That's not where it was. <laughs> yeah. I think she enjoyed correcting me. I'm sure she did. But then I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go. <laughs> you didn't tell me I didn't ask. Yeah. I'm not saying that I went to Oshkosh with Tommy and then I thought I was in Marquette. That's not what happened. <laughs> I went camping. That's right, you were camping. Yeah. Copper Harbor. Copper Harbor. God. And I want to post some pictures because, you know, the other day I did that video of just driving around the head of the bay to kind of show, show like, the folks that live way out that have listened to this. How amazing the roads are around here. But I've got some pictures. I didn't take video, but I have a bunch of pictures of just the shoreline up there. That is amazing. It doesn't even seem like it's real. It seems like something. You're talking about 26? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you'd be, that's like something you'd see in Magnum P.I. I mean, it is that strange up here. It is so different. The rock, it looks like lava rock. It looks crazy. It doesn't look like everything else. It's very different. The water is very blue, and it's just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so yeah we went to one of the 26 turnouts where the there's a nice roadside park and we got some pictures and um, we went to the devil's wash tub and got some pictures of that and hung out julie got sprayed by water it was awesome oh good there's some rollers coming in yep there was some big well there was two freighters out just beyond we're gonna let myrtle in come on myrtle comes our helper come on honey there she is. Hi. She was all concerned. She thought you were in here being murdered. Yep. Oh, good. One of my dogs. <laughs> no, thank you, Heidi. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was good. We spent two nights up there? We spent two nights. We stayed at Fort Wilkins State Park. Awesome park. Um, Did you have any run-ins with the sheriff? No, no, no? run-ins. Okay. Um... We went to the top of Brockway. Well, we were camping with the RV, so I had my truck. It was oh. way less fun. Wow. <laughs> went up to Brockway. We hiked out to the end of Hunter's Point. Um, we got around. Ate at the uh, Mariner North restaurant. Delicious food. That's just awesome. Place, isn't it? Well, plus you're excited because there's no cell service up there. And Mariner North has Wi-Fi, so you're like, yes! <laughs> my God! <laughs> I can take a selfie and update my profile. I didn't. But, That's good. Some people do. Yeah. <laughs> we had a great time. We had a great time. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Gym tomorrow. Gym tomorrow. Lions football this weekend. Who's Michigan play? I don't even know. Don't know. I might watch that. Because I, I don't think we're doing anything this weekend, so I'll be home. And the dogs are starting to invade. Hi, Ted. Saturday, I have to go watch Natalie play some volleyball. There it is. Volleyball. Mm -hmm. Predators comes out Friday. The new Ooh, Predator movie. That's a must-see. Not Predator, is The Predator. It's like Predator versus Predator. I'm going to run something by you. This is interesting. Just real quick before we call this off here. No hurry, man. Falling into it. So they made that movie, right? The Predator. Yeah. The director is Shane Black, who was the nerdy-looking guy from the Predator, the movie. He was one of the actors in there. So he's the director of this movie. And he's directed lots of stuff. Um, but So you have a bunch of what I would call no-name actors. Um, and Olivia Munn is in it. She's cute. Um, 
one of the guys who was in it, and he's someone that I've seen on TV, and he has a bit part, and he had one speaking role, and it was in a scene with Olivia Munn. Apparently, eight years ago, he was arrested for trying to hook up with a 14-year-old girl when he was like 30 at the time or something like that, 37. So he did some time. Like He was busted, busted. Yeah. Um, He's out, and he's friends with the director, and he had a bit part in the movie. She didn't know that he was a registered sex offender. So she finds out, makes a huge stink about it, and they cut him completely from the film. So that just happens, right? No one really says anything, because it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, they probably should have known that he was. I I don't know. I feel differently about it. I get it. That's disgusting. He's... But, uh, you know, (laughs) how long are we going to hang him on the cross? You know, it's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I honestly don't. You know, he... What he did was vile. If that was my daughter, I'd want to kill him. Yeah, so what What do you do, you know? <laughs> but then she comes out and was like, she starts, goes to the media. And she says, I feel ostracized because I'm not getting support from my coworkers or my co-stars. And then somehow the media says she's the star of the film, which she's clearly not if you've watched the trailers. Um... <laughs> Just like the original, it's a team deal, you know. So, then, of course, there's pressure. So, now all the stars are coming out and they're like, oh, no, you know, we support you. You did the right thing. But what she said was, God, if it wasn't for social media, I'd be losing my mind right now, reaffirming that what I did was a good thing or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) See that that just saying the, all those things, all the way this happened, and saying those things makes me, regardless of whether she was right or wrong, makes me want to say she was wrong. Just because, what a douchey thing to say and a douchey thing to do. It's just yeah. all of that went wrong. Yep. First of all, she was the one who had a problem with it because she had a problem, and that there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. Yep. Like I said, I don't know how I'd feel about that either. That's rough. Um, but to go about it and then try to strong arm everyone into, you know, saying pound me too, I mm-hmm. I don't like it. I think she can. I hope the Predator kills her violently in the film. Because <laughs> I'm probably going to watch it. I, I hope she gets smoked. <laughs> she sucks. I don't want to see her in a sequel. That's lame. What do you think of that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to work with that dude either. Yeah. They kind of say that. Because to me, that's a pedophile, right? They're calling it a sex offender, but to me, that's a pedophile. He's 30 some years old after a 14 year old. He knew she was 14? It was like. A friend of a relative, or maybe even a relative? Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, that's a foul. And he yeah. kissed her once, and then he was following up with emails and texts. I mean, he went to jail. It wasn't yeah. like a... Yep. That's that's a problem. <laughs> he went to jail long before the Harvey Weinstein crap, so... Yeah. He was guilty as... That's a problem. Yeah. So, however, he did his time. It's eight years later. Is he not? He just happens to be an actor. If he was a welder and he was still welding, would we have a problem with it? He's an actor and he's acting. Uh, you know, is there a time when it's okay for him to come back to work? It's like, you know, I don't know. She's just, yeah, she's overreacting. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. it yeah. You know, and of course, because of the sensitivity of this era and the way, you know, the world we're in these days, of course they pulled him and ostracized him and that was that. I don't know, man. We'll probably watch the movie anyways. Oh, for sure. It won't be for her. No. One way or the other. But I would watch that anyways just because I'm a child of the 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s-ish. Yep. When those movies were the thing, definitely going to want to watch it. Yep. All right, man. That about covers everything, doesn't it? Shoulders tomorrow. Shoulders tomorrow. Some triceps. Is that you, JT? 
We're getting ready to sign off. You got anything to say? Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. We're out of here.